Hey guys, it's uh, Andy here in another episode of the Mountain Malarkey Podcast with Dave. Hello everybody. How are we doing Dave? Yeah, not bad, not bad. Got something a little different today. Very different, yeah. So what we've done is we realised that uh, when we do the Tuesday tune-in over on Facebook, um, which we've been doing during lockdown... We had some comments and requests around, um, you know, not everyone's on Facebook, but people still wanted to hear about the content. There's been some great stuff. We've yeah. talked about bags. We've talked about battle of the treks. We've talked about trekking boots, mindset, fitness, loads of stuff. And we thought to ourselves, well, why don't we turn these into podcasts? Because like you said, Dave, they're, they're sitting down listening for an hour. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And uh, we've got a couple of, we had a couple of special guests, didn't we? We had a new head of operations over in Nepal. Yep. Uh, Lee Wardle, Ironman triathlete. Um, gym owner and all around nice guy um, yeah and there's there's so much good information and good content there that and not everybody is on Facebook or yeah. can sit there and watch a video for an hour and a bit doing nothing so yeah this is a great format you can do it on the go put it in your car listen to it it's a bit interactive so you're going to have seen us answer questions and stuff like that yeah it's a little bit different um, you know but if you're listening to this obviously yeah um, and you have any questions about any of the things you hear uh, podcast at evertrack.co.uk Awesome Dave, yeah, enjoy the episode and uh, we'll catch up with you soon Yeah, all the best Is this really a Tuesday tune without any tech issues, right? That's okay, we've got an hour to go yet, mate so, you know, at one <laughs> point one of us are going to get kicked out um, it's all going to go wrong yeah. It'll happen, it'll happen but hey guys, yeah, if you've joined us um, do drop a little comment just to, to, to see who's here uh, let's have a look what we got we got Mona, we got Karen God, it's like a training weekend already, isn't it? Uh, we've got Scott, Shona, Jane, Tina, Diane, great to see you, Diane, Dave, Jim, Marky V's back, Rebecca, Sital, great, great to see um, all the, some, some of the regulars, the diehard Tuesday tuners are on, Mark, Beecroft, great to see you in the mountains, absolutely smashing the Munros in Scotland, mate, um, Paul Dewhurst, Leah, um, Leah always starts off with that question, how's the knee, Dave? Uh, the knee, yeah, so... Um... Honestly, it's slow. The progress has slowed down. I'm not, <laughs> you know, it was week, week, week on week and week, getting better and better and better. It's the same as it yeah. was last week, to be honest with you. Um, we should, we should, we should take your how is the knee and edit it all together just so we can see exactly the progress that you're doing. Yeah, that'd be a fun job. Um, give that one to Ali, I reckon. No, and um, <laughs> yeah, no, it was pretty good. Like I did another couple of miles yesterday. I'm still a little. I did a three mile walk. Funny enough, with um, Ramona. Usher Hunter, Gaz's lady in waiting. And yeah. um, it was, my knee felt really weird and floppy, you know, like from the knee down, it was just like, I did, it was wow. just like disconnected. And that's yeah, just yeah. apparently the uh, underdeveloped <laughs> muscles in and around the knee. Um, so at the moment, there's a lot of squats happening, a lot of leg extensions, yeah. gentle. And by the way, I don't want you to think like, you know, not Ivan Drago and Rocky Four levels of training, very gentle, I'm learning to walk again levels of training. Yeah. yeah. No, mate, great to see you. Uh, you're, you're on the mend, you're battling on. Oh, aloha, um, Rachel from Hawaii is back as well. Yeah, Isn't Rachel, it crazy we have back. people listening from Hawaii? I know, saying. I was thinking, what's the, what's the time there? Um, I just want to kind of work it out in my mind what sort of time it is um, all the way in in Hawaii. Because um, I'm trying to think, is it does it go all the way around? Because it's probably quite early, isn't it, I reckon? Rachel, what time is it? <laughs> where you are, what time is it where you are? Um, but right, yeah, whilst we're waiting for, for that, um, yeah, obviously, welcome today. Going to talk a little bit about, um, you know, managing health at altitude, 
we we discussed it a long time ago i think like maybe seven eight nine months ago something like that and we thought mm -hmm. you know let's look at it again because as we do start to get out on on these trips like we, we've had a couple of training weekends uh so we had one training weekend we got one uh, coming later um in september um and also as well as as we start to run trips again hopefully real soon um you know there's going to be those things that you need to manage you know those those dodgy knees um uh, you know the managing your your body your health you know in terms of um your belly as well making sure that trying to limit getting a dodgy belly um you know and then obviously it's the altitude you know to, to worry about as well and on top of that you know is all the pre-existing stuff because we get people asking <clears throat> and i think some ever trekkers who are on here who've had pre-existing illnesses you know or, or conditions because you know it, life happens doesn't it and yep. some people get issues with heart or lungs you know and maybe some chronic conditions people are managing and that question comes up then if i've got that can i can i still do this kind of stuff so yeah we thought we'd chat about that today dave didn't we and yeah it was I a, mean, a, a good subject yeah exactly because we've had um you know we've been on the training weekend recently and obviously things are starting to we're starting to see the light at the end of the tunnel we had kim yeah. going out and summit in tubecal so all of those normal questions yeah. we get about people who are wanting to go on a trip or maybe their trips arriving you know, sometimes it's even, you know, the mental health aspect of it. A lot of people have some just generalized anxiety about going to a remote part of the world and trekking because they've never done it before. They don't know if they're able to do it. And there's so yeah. many. One time I had a conversation with someone and I said, you know, what are you worried about? And their answer was, well, what if I'm just one of those people that can't do it? And I was like, no, specifically, what are you worried about? And they were like, well, that was it. You know, some people just worry yeah. that they're not the type of person who can do it. And yeah. um, I always think that, you know, knowledge dispels fear. So, that's the best thing you can do yeah. is just educate yourself and hopefully that's what we're going to do today <clears throat> talk a little bit about the problems i mean and also the last time we did this live i had two perfectly well not perfectly good i had two working knees so i may have been a bit cocky so now you know brought me down a peg or two and i can talk about what it's actually like to trek with a bad knee um not fun now but you no. know dave yeah now i know <laughs> you know yeah yeah that's you know it is a journey isn't it and i know a lot of people who um like obviously some friends of ours and ever trekkers who uh, you know, trek to altitude and with dodgy knees, <clears throat> and um, you know they've had to manage it, and you know, but they they, they got through it. Although you know they, with painkillers and and straps and um, you know a, a couple of swear words on the way, uh, you yeah. know when when it doesn't quite work, um, yeah, it, it happens, doesn't it? And yeah, so it's it's, it's trying to um, think about all that. We we were thinking about that today. Um, and Dave, where, where should we start? Where, where, should, where should we start today? What do you think? I think probably to... probably probably the most asked question yeah. is about you know whether someone's got some sort of physical problem let's call it you know knee pain back pain something like that and they're worried that if they book onto a trip they're going to slow the group down they're going to be a hindrance yeah. Yeah. and ultimately they're not going to be able to actually reach say Everest Base Camp or get to the summit of Kili and I think the first thing that we always say is that you will be surprised at the level of you know injuries and chronic and, and new that we've dealt with and that we've managed to get you know people to have success in the mountains a lot of people they yeah. you know you live with these conditions every day and you have a bit of pain every day and it starts to narrow your vision. You know, you start to only think about the things you can do and not the things you can do. And I think when that happens, your world gets smaller and smaller. And also when you're out trekking in the UK with your friends, it's a different type of trekking. So there's a possibility that you, you know, they might shoot off and, you know, you might be left like holding up the back and stuff like that. But 
yeah. on a high altitude track, it's a different style of tracking. So if you are nurturing a sore knee, a bad back, if you have to go slower, um, it's not a problem. You know, if anything, it's going to help you acclimatize. Yeah. And I think the best thing you can do is just immediately just unload all of that baggage. Just get rid of the anxiety, the stress and the worry about holding people up and just track your track. You know, just go there and enjoy it. Be part of the team. Accept the fact that some people are going to be faster and some people are going to be slower and go there for you. And I think that's, you know, once you've accepted that and you've unloaded that baggage, you'd be surprised how easy dealing with a sore knee actually is on the trip. <laughs> you know, it's yeah. not that big a problem at all. We have amazing guides and porters that can help carry your bag if you need to. You know, there's poles, there's knee supports, there's, you know, all sorts of different stuff that we can do to make things a little bit easier. Um, yeah, so I think yeah, the big... I... Yeah, Dave, sorry, just to jump in. Yeah, I think great place to start because it is something that we get asked, isn't it, about like, okay, if I've got these issues um, or I'm dealing with something maybe internally as well, um, you know, will this kind of affect the journey of others? And will it, will it affect the group? And will it hold me back? You know, will it stop me from doing it? You know, they're all valid questions. And I think... Yeah, Dave, you had some good points there around, you know, it is, it, you do have to track your own track. And, you know, I know we've mentioned this numerous times, but just to hit it home again and, you know, just focus on your own journey. Um, like even on the training weekend, you know, we, we, we had some people there who were carrying a few injuries and maybe a few dealing with some medical stuff. And, you know, but we all, uh, you know, we all track in together and, and, and we wait for the people and, yeah. and then we move on once everyone's ready. Um, and I think, yeah, if, if, if that's like a, something that's playing on your mind, um, it's valid because, you know, we all think that, oh, when I slow people down and I don't want to be that person, you know, um, but just from, from us to you, um, it really is, is, is different when you, when you're on these couple of trips and, um, when you see that and, and, and then the, the, obviously the bonding that goes on, because when people, you know, they're nice people on these trips, you know, when, when you see someone who's a bit slower than you or something, you know, you, um, you kind of hang back and you're just chatting with them and you get to know them and next thing you know, you're best mates. Yeah. Um, and you're the person that said, okay, we're going to be at the back now. We're going to be the cool guys at the back, you know, or the, or the cool girls at the back. And, um, you know, base camp pace all the way uh, is, uh, for me anyway, and I know, and, and it works for altitude. Uh, I know, you know, when you're doing your training and, and we're quite competitive people and human beings are, aren't they? We're, you know, we can, especially, you know, if we're Brits or I'm not sure about Hawaiians or the, the Aussies guys. Uh, but, yeah, we, we can be um, sometimes quite competitive and, and that can creep in. But when you're altitude, you just need to put that competitiveness down a little bit. Yeah. Uh, because, you know, it's not about that. It's about getting there. The... Uh, can anyone? Because uh, I see uh, every week. Yeah, I'm still there, mate. Still you're still there. there. I, think one, I think whenever it freezes, we think so the I other think one's so, frozen. Yeah. So only the viewers <laughs> can tell it. Who's frozen? Andy, you frozen, apparently. Um, is he back okay. yet? Okay. Okay, you're blurry but back, blurry but back. Another thing that you might oh, struggle I... with is obviously your eyesight, and things yeah. may look like Andy does now. Um, but <laughs> as long as you're um, you're able to put one foot in front of the other, that would be fine. Um, Ramona's actually yeah, come yeah, up yeah. with a good point, and we should mention Ramona actually because she's. Um, I think she'd yeah. find it amusing if I said has a litany of certain um, problems that she's overcome and heroically overcome. Actually, lesser people would have yeah. sort of given up. Um, but Ramona keeps pushing on and keeps signing up for these things. And um, yeah, so all the props to her. But obviously Ramona's had certain heart conditions. Um, and obviously uh, along there, she's mentioned, you know, PTSD and some anxiety issues and stuff that 
but she's found that those people who go there with those types of issues tend to be the most compassionate and the most caring. And I think probably once you've been through the um, the Shizer, you know, you can see it in other people and know when they're struggling. And one of the yeah. things I always say, like, you know, we've got some super, super fit people and super strong people. You know, Brian springs to mind and other really strong guys and our uh, bald Yeti, John. But actually, I encourage those people, you know, to hang at the back and help the help the other guys as well because that's yeah. the sort of atmosphere that we like to foster is the team you will get certain members that fly off and certain members that are at the back but generally speaking if we're all helping each other there's no reason why we can't all make it um yeah, exactly. and have an and have an awesome time um yeah, yeah and true. i'm just trying to think of what other sort of health conditions could we have so looking at the i tell you what a really good one is yeah, yeah. Um, and diane might actually be there for this is if you have any sort of dietary requirements really important for staying yeah. healthy when you're over there is eating the right food now this comes in twofold when you're there and because not only do you have to eat whatever you know factor in your intolerances so whether you're celiac gluten wheat all that sort of stuff or if you're a vegetarian yeah. or a vegan allergies. allergies and then you also have yeah. to factor in that we don't recommend particularly in Everest base camp and in nepal um you eat everything on the menu because they yeah. will be serving things like meat and things like that that you really perhaps should avoid um but yeah <laughs> and actually yes. a shona there the queen of dietary <laughs> issues me yeah we should just get shona on here and say right talk about your trip shona i, I know you i know you wrote that um a really good blog actually shona didn't you um probably over six months ago now lauren i know you're, you're on the comments today can you post that in the post a link of that article on here that would be wicked because i think anyone that's having um you know it's got those things and has to manage certain you know dietary requirements it can be challenging and you know sometimes it means that you obviously your menu is quite limited um you know we've seen that like on the training weekend with diane you know it was, it's very limited in terms of what you can eat sometimes and i think one thing we learned over the last few years um you know and, and having conversations with with ever trekkers is that sometimes it is kind of worth just taking something that you really like on these trips um that can kind of um function and, and, and keep you going um you know it's good to have that if, yeah. if, if you if you if you have got intolerances we'll obviously manage it and help as much as we can, um, you know, with the teams, you know, in, in Nepal, in, in, in Tanzania, in, in Morocco or South America, wherever you go, uh, we'll obviously help as much as we can. But sometimes it, it's worth obviously trying to help yourself as well in that aspect and bring in some stuff that you can eat yeah. um, regularly can help. Otherwise, you might be a bit limited. You might get a bit bored of the food because I know that can happen. I've had that happen. Yeah. You know, with, because I think if there's any if there's any altitude issues I've had, I think the number one that's happened to me is that I lose my appetite. Um, I've never had any of the other issues. Touch wood. There's a lot of wood in the act. Um, yeah, yeah, touch wood. Uh, but I certainly get put off my food, and I get a little bit bored sometimes. Um, and you go back to the basics, and I'm eating chips, and especially in Nepal, I'll eat momos. Or if I'm in Tanzania, you know, I'll go back and sometimes a spaghetti bolognese on kili, which is like wow, awesome. I'll have that yeah. bit of pizza. Um, and sometimes you need a pick-me-up, don't you? If it's if that's a chocolate bar you can eat, or um, if you can eat, or for instance, on um, the training weekend, Diane, I forgot what they're called. Those those little gluten uh, sweets that you had, which were actually amazing. Were they called Wallace um, the Worm or something? Yeah, or something like uh, Willie the Worm or something like that. Willie the Worm or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, uh, Diane, what were they called again? Uh, I, I know we asked this week. Clearly, we need to write this one down um but yeah they're uh they, they were great and you know just a little pick me up if you um 
you know, if you need some sweets or, you know, like a chocolate bar or something to pick you up, um, you know, even if you need something like, uh, I was going to say iron brew, but I know we're not in Scotland, but I, I, you know what, I would love a can of iron brew on a Walter Worms from Aldi. There we go. Walter Worms. What did I say? Uh, I, I said Wallace. <laughs> you said Wallace. And then you say, and I said Willie, so Walter, there we go. We're, Walter we're the, the Worm, yeah. Um, and yeah, even Shona says then, if you like, if you go into the pool, yeah, snacks are the way forward. Yeah. Um, definitely, definitely. So yeah, Dave, you're on good points um, in terms of, yeah, so managing those things. I think one thing I've seen before that, that um, helps as well is that some people take sort of vitamins when they're on these trips because you're, yeah. you know, you're in a remote area. Um, you can't get access to the food that you might normally want to eat that has yeah. those vitamins. So people are taking supplements and vitamin C and uh, barocas. I know people take maybe iron tablets as well if they're, you know, depending on how what sort of level they are um, with their iron. I think if you, is there any anything that you would do when you're at altitude, Dave, in terms of supplements? So yeah, always take a multi every day um, mm. because the food is very samey. You know, particularly, you know, if you're going, if you're changing your diet to go there, a lot of vegetarians might find the transition a bit easier because they don't eat meat or anything in their day to day. So for people like myself and you and that do eat meat when we go on these trips and we switch to purely vegetarian, we might not be getting immediately all of the supplements we're used to. So, yeah, always take a multivit and any supplements. There is actually a multi uh, a multivit out there called Altivit, I think, which is, I think, yeah. designed well, for high altitude. So when you go to high altitude, obviously the process of acclimatization will make you deficient in certain areas. And obviously if you're a vegetarian, um, you know, you might suddenly find your iron levels dropping and stuff like that. So yeah, this um, Altivit is pretty good. I think we'll find it and put it out there on a link or something. And at some point. Uh, I've just found it. Yeah. I'll put it in there. Cause actually it's the, uh, the altitude center. Um, yeah. One of our partners um, do, do sell it as well. Um, so I'll put the link in the comments guys, if you want to take a look at that. Um, now, yeah, I mean, I've, because it's been so long since going to altitude, I've not used that, uh, but I've heard good things about it. And I know, yeah, no. the altitude sent a shout about it. Exactly. And it's just, you know, uh, I've looked into it and yeah, it's just a multivit, you know, mm. but it, it's, um, they've put some science into what's included, you know, what are the yeah. multiples of vitamins that go into that. And it's all stuff they found that people generally tend to sort of lose when they go to high altitude. So yeah, I, mm. and, and also, you know, if you're a meat eater and you really can't bear the idea of going, if you go into EBC on a normal trip, 11 days without food, you know, beef jerky, lots of stuff like that, you know, that can be sort of packed up flat and light and take with you. It really does make a difference. Um, I remember one time me and John were looking for snacks around Namshi and we found wasabi coated cuttlefish. Um, but they were tiny wow. little things like that. And okay. um, yeah, we, 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 we passed on them and I got some Skittles instead. But um, <laughs> Skittles, I would have gone for Skittles. <laughs> yeah but i think yeah obviously check out um you know shona's blogs you know that there's lots yeah. of you know people on the high altitude ever trackers group as well um you know that have been on trips that are perhaps um celiac or they stay away from gluten one guy i met on killy wasn't with us but i was chatting to him and he yeah. had a bag about that big just full of cola balls gluten-free wow. cola balls and um, he said it was about a kilo and a half of bag space that he took up just for cola balls because he said they just, you know, just made him feel better. He'd have a handful in his pocket and as he was going along, he would just be have one every few hours and just feel better. So lots of things nice. like that. Well, if it works, it works, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, just a shout out to Anne Lamb. Yeah. Uh, morning. First, first one you listen to live, usually working. Yeah, Anne. Uh, 
nice to see you um, on, on the actual live, mate. But yeah, I hope you, you find them useful. I know you've been part of the community for ages, but uh, yeah, your first one, what's happening? <laughs> no, I know, I know you, uh, you obviously been, been working, haven't you, uh, a lot the last 18 months. I know a lot of you have. Um, yeah, but uh, great to see you all still here as well, um, you know, on the on the live. But yeah, Dave, so, okay then, so covered the, the little niggly injuries. Um, things about pre-existing, because a lot of people we've had have, have, have maybe said, you know, what happens if, because insurance can be a difficult one, can't it? You've yeah. got pre-existing medical condition, and then you go into altitude. It's insurance can be a little bit expensive, can't it? It can, yeah. I've heard really good things about Campbell Irving. Yeah. Um, so obviously, when you historically, we all, I, I know me and you particularly have only pretty much just used um, say their name and True Traveler. True Traveler, True because Traveler, yeah. yeah. Um, but actually, the more people that I've gone with like my dad and the more people that I've spoken to that are perhaps yeah. you know older than myself and maybe have the odd niggly <laughs> medical issue um they found Campbell Irving tend to be really really good and they they do specific policies for Kilimanjaro and stuff like that yeah. so I'd be interested in um in checking those guys out but I think the most important thing regardless of how much you pay for the policy is that you get a policy it is a requirement of our trips that you have one yeah. but the main issue is also be honest with them as well because I worked yeah. in insurance for 15 years and something that you don't tell them that's not related to the claim can potentially invalidate it. You know, so if I've got a pre-existing condition, say I've got a heart problem, but then, you know, I break my leg and I need a helicopter. If I didn't tell them about the heart problem, it can invalidate the policy and then they won't cover my helicopter for my leg. So it all does yeah. get a bit weird. So I think the main advice that I can give anyone when they're dealing with an insurance company is just be as honest as you can yeah and it's better to pay the money because it's a lot cheaper than a helicopter to Kathmandu from Namshi <laughs> you know which is a minimum no, it, 3000 US yeah and I think um just just look at some of the comments there Mona and I, I know you've um obviously with your heart and um Shona you, you mentioned about um you have Campbell Irving again covering the the pre-existing so yeah it can it can yeah, they can cover you um you know and and as long as they do happy days but then it's it's great then because People of altitude, obviously, I know it's in uh, people at altitude, and then you've got this pre-existing thing in the back of your mind. You're wondering then, okay, you because know, your body gonna, is going to be under additional stress. And yeah, you've got to be comfortable with that. Uh, I know a lot of people are. Um, Mona, I know when you went, you, you were determined, and you got to, to Everest Base Camp. Um, Shona, obviously, very similar, you know, same, similar story. Um, I know a lot of Evertrekkers have done that. and, and But I know, obviously, there's people out there um you know won't, won't take those risks and that's you know that that's fair enough but it's just good to you know we always want to be transparent and talk about this stuff because um you, know, you don't want to have additional anxiety sort of looming and especially around anything like a pre-existing condition like i deal with i got uh you know very i think very mild it, it comes back every now and again but i've got asthma um and that was one of the things i was um, a little bit not fearful maybe anxious maybe just worried that you know, how would I perform at altitude? And, um, you know, because asthma, you're thinking, well, my lungs, you know, okay, uh, when you've got uh, lower oxygen, how's my lungs going to get on? So that was in the back of my mind. But then when I went to, to altitude, you realize, okay, um, you know, it is just walking. And your body, yeah, does work harder, but you can manage that um, just from in terms of the, the speed you go and how you stay hydrated. And then we go back to what we're talking about today, which is actually looking after yourself. Um, Dave, you mentioned about taking some multivits. Yeah um you know something i do on a regular basis i i, I definitely need 
you know, personally, I, I wish I, I ate more fruit. Um, you know, something I need to work on personally, not altitude, actually normal. Uh, and that goes at altitude. If you can, if you can do the right things and you know, eat eat the right stuff, um, while sticking to to the basic principles, you know, of, of going slow, yeah. drinking loads of water, you know, you're going to minimise that chance then. You know, of kind of, um, I mean, you can get unlucky. Anyone can. We've seen it. The healthiest people can get hit by a really bad stomach bug and you're screwed. And, yep. you know, we've had people a day in, had to turn around. Uh, remember, Dave, um, a fact in. Um, yeah, in. that was terrible, yeah. She couldn't keep water. It was just... In, in and out. It was like a, a she'd being flossed with water, basically, <laughs> just in one end yeah. and out the other. And that was sad. But they're coming back, actually, which is great. But, yeah, it, it can happen. It's one of the reasons why I recommend yeah. this little side issue when we're talking about how to protect your health. Um, well, it's not so it's directly related in a way. So people always want to sometimes always want to spend extra days in Nepal before they go, say like a week. We recommend put that week at the end of the trip. Um, those guys came to Nepal and I think they spent three or four days before the trip in Kathmandu. Yeah. So easy to pick up a touch of the deli belly in Kathmandu. Yeah. Um, and if you're going to pick it up, better to do it at the end of the trip when you don't have to go hiking in the Himalayas you know it's when you can just sit in the hotel and and go to a pharmacy and go to the toilet whenever you need to so I think yeah, yeah not having a huge amount of time before is perhaps advisable put it on the end of the trip it just makes it a bit easier yeah. um, I know I that from I know that from personal experience um where remember and I uh, actually no well you weren't there with me were you and um in October 2019, the last time I went to EBC, yeah. and I caught a parasite, but I think I caught it in um, Lukla on the way back. In one really? of the, like, yeah, I think that's where I got it because I was ill in Kathmandu the next morning. Yeah. So I think it must have been like, yeah, and um, it was Nepalese the, napalm, was it? The Nepalese napalm, yeah, it was the single worst flight home that I have ever taken. <laughs> and yeah, awesome. But um, was your best friend, much like Rebecca, as uh, as she's put in there. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, just to, just to cover off a couple of uh, comments. Obviously, we'll, we'll we'll definitely come through and answer some of the questions, guys. But yeah, Jamie Brown um, just mentioned there about uh, hi Andy. I'm the same, you know. Got asked for myself, a little anxious, wondering how I'll get on. And yeah, it's um it's certainly something that you you know as long as it's controlled, Jamie. Um, like I use uh, I take steroids every day, and then I have the blue inhaler just in case I get in any difficulty, um, which can I don't know if, you, if you've had asked me, you know, it can happen walking up the stairs. It can happen, you know, just when you're on the toilet. It's weird. Um, most of the time, it's it, it can be induced by, uh, for me, it's... Um, <laughs> so it can happen <laughs> on the so, toilet. <laughs> it can. I, it can be pretty you, extreme. It's exhausting on the bloody toilet, especially if you've got Nepalese napalm. And then... Uh, then yeah, you're like, yeah. <laughs> I was just thinking, like, yeah. Actually, you're probably right. A Gorek chef, mind I've... <laughs> Yeah, exactly yeah your body's under a bit of stress it can happen but i suppose that the, the point is and, and jamie just to to kind of cover it off as long as it's managed at sea level it can be managed or altitude um it might mean you slow down a little bit just catch your breath but you know it's just the same if you're going up a steep hill in the at sea level you're going to slow down aren't you you know i mean i know there's some nutters out there and run the whole way up but you, if you're going to slow down um as you go up a hill treat the same as, as as when you're altitude when it comes to um asthma uh, or anything you know just go slower if you found that it feel like you're overexerting yourself and it's just become a bit too much just take it easy yeah just stop have a look around take some pictures have a little drink of water chat to one of the people you're trekking with say hello to one of the locals you know 
just um just take your time um and because the most important thing is about you getting there safely and back again so you can uh, have something to remember the rest of your life um but yeah jamie i can understand uh, the anxiety around it but um i did do we did do because i know i'm going into a little bit of detail we did do a whole live just about asthma actually um i think it was called take my breath away um yeah a little play on words yeah <laughs> uh, um yeah have a little look at that um and i'll tell you what lauren if you can find that episode i think because it's, it should be a link on on facebook um put it in the comments just for jamie i think it'd be really helpful and useful just to see us talk about it a bit more in depth but i hope that yep. helps awesome i've just noticed um rachel you said a little nervous about your chronic migraines when your symptoms yeah. were almost identical to altitude sickness so yeah one of those yeah. that's one of those little tricky things you know that's a lot of yeah. uh, that's part of why we rely on the guides expertise so there are a lot of conditions particularly you know anxiety attacks and things like that people get really nervous yeah. about um if you're prone to anxiety and you go to altitude and you start to maybe have a little headache and then you have anxiety about that headache it can exacerbate itself and obviously those symptoms are almost exactly like altitude that's why we yeah. have the guides that we have because they'll be able to you know not just you know go by your symptoms but also what you know the um, the oximeter on your finger and they piece together lots of different symptoms so how much what have you drank in the last 24 hours how yeah. fast have you been going when did the symptoms come on where does your head hurt what's your oxygen levels like and they piece it all together um in hawaii though you should be able to pre-acclimatize quite well i'm pretty sure what's it mauna kea is, is is about four thousand meters i believe so if you're able to get up there pretty pretty good and hang around up there and come down and go back up and do climb mauna kea a few times that might be a ridiculous statement i don't know what that mountain's like but that would be really good for uh acclimatizing you know uh, getting up to around four thousand meters so um yeah very lucky i think to be where you are four thousand meters we start doing trips in hawaii <laughs> I think I'll be. Uh, that sounds like a great chess pilot. Trip, do, doesn't it? Do, yeah. Do you mind if I go on that one, and is that okay, <laughs> Rachel? Can you hook us up with some uh, a good hotel recommendations in Hawaii? Because uh, I think we'll do an Evertrek Hawaii trip. And um, do you know what? I bet you any money that would sell it. I uh, sell it hotcakes. That would. <laughs> I tell you. I think there'd be more time spent at the beach than on the mountain. But yeah, I know. I know what you mean. I know what you mean. Yeah, Karen. Um, Karen's, Karen's up for it. Fab in. idea. Yeah, yeah. I think Good we should have. There from Scotland. Do you know? I think <laughs> me, Karen, Rebecca, butterflies and bees, and all the other knee folk. We need to get together and have an Ever Trekkers knee weekend. A good knees up in Hawaii. <laughs> nice. Oh, you're well. You're welcome as well, and as well. I know. You know. You're not got bad knees, but you know, wouldn't be the same. I can pretend. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Go, 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 mountain biking, mate. You'll sort it. He'll soon sort it out for you. I'll, I'll stick to my, uh, I'll stick to my mountains. <laughs> um, but brilliant. Yeah, some some really good comments coming through as well, and great to to see everyone having the kind of just you know commenting. I say talking out loud, but you know what I mean, just talking about these things because it's good to um, you know just to get these things out there. I think you're talking about any any uh, anxieties that you have about stuff. If, you, if you've got asthma, if you've got any medical conditions. Let's talk about it because we can. This is where we can, um, you know, help you out a little bit, and uh, or you can just pack that in, and then you could go to Hawaii with Dave. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, best best worn the fiver. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. We do. Lots of people's knees are beginning to hurt. Um, so Laura Otter, her <laughs> knees suddenly starting to hurt. Yeah. All of a sudden, I think there's going to be lots yeah. of people. But um. Well, yeah. Laura wants to go on safari. Great idea after Killy um yeah laura if you if you are um uh, booked in with us sorry I, um i'm sure you are with, with killy uh, don't forget we do some uh, safari trips after the trip if you're keen um and you should be able to find those in your members area they should be able to uh, book on to 
those trips, um, any any additional info, just drop us a little message and we can uh, sort that out for you. Um, but right, Dave, I tell you what, I know we've, um, wow, 35 minutes already. Um, should we talk about, should we answer some of the questions? I know some come in before the live and then we'll, we'll go through and, and answer yeah. some of the questions. So we had an email in from Gay who has asked, um, yeah. sorry, we won't be able to see the live. Sorry, Gay, we're going to miss you. Um, yeah. But always watch it on YouTube. Nice, that's what's good, isn't it? It's worth even paying, I think, to avoid the ads. Um, having hiked up Ben Nevis on my own a few weeks ago, your legs were really tight and sore. It took two days for them um, yeah. to go back to normal. How can I stop this happening on an yeah. eight-day trek to Kilimanjaro? So the first thing I would likely say is that having done Ben Nevis, Ben Nevis is underestimated in terms of its length yeah. and difficulty and stuff like that. I did Ben Nevis and when I came back down my legs were screwed for about three days and yet a few months after that I went and climbed Kilimanjaro the reason being the so eight days seven of the eight days are nothing like Kilimanjaro in terms of difficulty length the altitude makes it a challenge but you're not going uphill for like six seven hours and then down a hill for six seven hours that's what makes it d difficult there it's also quite intense because it's quite far to get to the summit and back on ben nevis in the time that you do yeah. um and then so you're, you're going to be going there are some longer days and some shorter days but in terms of time you're trekking on average about i would say between four and a half to six and a half hours i'd say and isn't it on the first seven days yeah summit, uh, yeah yeah, summit day, that is relatively similar. <laughs> That's different. Yeah, that, yeah. <laughs> there, there's no way around it. Your legs will be sore yeah, after yeah. summit in Kilimanjaro. That's a given. But you've only got one day left, and so literally, you'll you'll get to the summit, and within 24 hours, if your legs are really sore, you can just think to yourself. It'll be 35 degrees in Moshi tomorrow, and that's where I'm going. <laughs> you know, so um, it's yeah, a, it's, a, it's a good question though. I mean, because sometimes you're thinking, how can I how can I get rid of this? I think a lot of people who do multi-day trekking, um, sorry, a lot of people who do these trips haven't done multi-day trekking. So that's going up, say Ben Nevis, and then the day after getting up and doing a similar kind of a, a similar thing because it is what surprises a lot of people um i think you know a good thing would be doing okay ben nevis you know maybe uh maybe pick like a four to six hour hike that's not going up 1300 meters um and and do two of those in a row and you know the more practice you get at that your body knows you know that muscle memory uh you know the, the, the fitter you are that the more often you're out you will ache less um, um sometimes as well i know some people uh you know in the fitness world tend to um, say about using um, some supplements like creatine, which improves your uh, recovery. So some people will say, you know, if you're out and you're beasting yourself and you take creatine, um, and again, this is just advice, guys. I say I'm not a PT or anything, but just some things we've we've, we've heard. It does lessen um, the muscles and the DOMS and, and you know, getting those, those aches because, um, uh, you know, obviously the creatine uh, can help speed up the recovery. So, yeah, um, I'd say anything to lessen it, yeah, well, there's a few things, yeah. So uh, any things like creatine, do it, getting out there and doing some multi-day uh, treks, and then you know what? Yeah, if it's if you if it aches, you ache. I think sometimes you know we've um, Dave, we've been on trips and we haven't maybe in the last in the three or four weeks in the build-up to a trip, we're so busy that we haven't you know had much time for training. Yeah. Then next thing you know, we're climbing Kilimanjaro, and then you ache, and then the day after, just you know, you when you're hiking, you might ache for the first half hour. But then it'll 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 go, it'll dissipate. And yeah. Then the next day, but then after it, 
after the you know the kill is over you will feel tired i think yeah get used to that you, you're gonna ache uh, especially on summit night um but if you could do more of the things we've talked about then i think that will help 100%. I'm just laughing here. I just had to quickly Google who Steve McGarrett is, but there's okay. some awesome comments there. My favorite one is from Karen, still would though. Um, <laughs> and, uh, Who's Steve McGarrett? I, 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 I think he was in Hawaii Five-0. Oh, um, okay. Yeah, but, and I just Googled him and um, yeah, he's an attractive man. <laughs> Interesting. Well, um, he's there or anywhere else. Um, yeah, yeah. Nice. Someone has said, so uh, John has yeah. asked um, what uh, snacks do we bring with us in order to keep things going? So to be honest, my I'll always bring a mixture of like sweet stuff and then like stuff that I just like, you know, I don't particularly yeah. worry so about its nutritional value. If it makes me feel happy and it raises my morale, then I'll bring it. And then I'll bring lots of things like, so I tell you what we bring a lot of. I've actually got one on my desk is these cliff bars. Hey, See the mini cliff, cliff bar. bars. These are my favorite, the white chocolate and macadamia ones. Um, I hope Cliff are watching this because this is like, you know, that movie, The Truman Show, when they're having a normal conversation, all of a sudden she'll go, and this is why I really recommend it. But no, these, these, are, these are great. Like these, um, these little things like that, I'll have a couple of them in my pockets. I prefer the mini ones um because yeah. i could just wolf one down um and they're plant-based as well which i've just noticed on the pack um so yeah use them a lot and um yeah they they, they seem to be the best i've tried lots of different like protein and energy bars and stuff like that um and those ones seem to be the the ones that i can eat the most of yeah. some of them you put them in the mouth and you need a gallon of water just to get rid of the dry mouth <laughs> but, but some, they, of them, they... some of them are aren't they i know cliff's quite nice but yeah. Um, yeah, and if, if um, while well, I was talking about Cliff Bars, uh, we're at the Keswick Mountain Festival next week, um, and Cliff have been kind enough to send us quite a few of these um, uh, Cliff Bars, uh, and you'll be you can get one of them for free because there'll be loads. We're giving them out because um, uh, Cliff have decided and they were like, yeah, we can become partners, and um, yeah, so they've uh, sent us quite a few freebies, and we'll be giving out um, literally hundreds of them at Keswick Mountain Festival, as well as a bunch of other stuff. Um, people who are coming to visit us at the show um so yeah keswick mountain festival we're there from uh next friday or we're there all weekend um and if you haven't been to keswick mountain festival it is awesome um you know bit of entertainment bit of music a few beers but there's heaps to do like throughout the day they've got some um you know uh, some trail runs um you know if you're into that you've got some swimming stuff you've also obviously because you're in the lake district all the hiking around it you can do some self-guided stuff um uh, but yeah if you can get up there there's some it's just some great routes um yeah. there are some mountain guides running trips that i think you have to pay additional stuff for um you know we'll be we'll be catching up with them separately but yeah definitely uh get up there um yeah i think lauren's just put the link if you wanted to grab yourself a ticket because um yeah it'd be great to to meet you and chat to you and yeah we can do a tuesday tune in live that'd be good wouldn't it yeah awesome um and uh, i don't think they're um gluten-free because they contain wheat yeah. And I learned on the weekend that gluten is wheat um, while well, on the training weekend. Never really knew what gluten was before that. Someone told me that if I eat something and it's tasty, it's got gluten in it. Um, but yeah. So, it's like the glue. I remember Diane was telling me it, it sounds, it does what it sounds, which is like the glue that keeps everything together in a lot of different types of food. But I know obviously with the, uh, the gluten intolerance and stuff, they've used other stuff. And I'm just going off. Diane, we need to get you on here just to talk about the gluten stuff because because uh, of your knowledge around it. Yeah. Um, but right, Dave. Yeah. What uh, what other questions we got, mate? Okay. Looking at this, um, someone yeah. has said, and I don't know who this is. Show me the yeti. I think I'm getting it wrong. Don't understand what that means. Is that 
Is that is that the Betty? The oh, Rock the Rock and Roll one? one. You mean that you that one? What's that called? Ah, that's a shaka. A shaka. Um, it's a shaka. It means like hang loose. It's, uh, it's from Hawaii. Um, yeah. Because yeah, and I'm sure uh, yeah, it's used very much in the surfing world and the diving world. Yeah. And that has become one of our yeah. So a lot of people be doing this, which is more of a rock thing. So if you wanted to do this, which is the little finger and the thumb. Mm. And almost like your sort of telephone. Mm. That that is, that's it. Yeah. That's the Yeti. They call awesome. it the Yeti now. <laughs> yeah, the Yeti. Yeah. Um, so Marky V has asked. Um, well, he remembers best waterproof jackets <laughs> for the Himalaya. So like, uh, I'm pretty sure I saw a big chain of comments about that as well. So hopefully you've got some good advice from the um, yeah. the community. But personally, I think the waterproof jacket. So there is some truth in the more money you spend on it, the better they'll be. Um, yeah. like for instance, I've, I've bought cheaper waterproof jackets. I had a cheap, um, Rab or North Face one and it let more water in than it kept out. It was, it was amazing. Remember, and I wore it when we went canoeing one time and, um, yes. it was terrible. And then I've bought more expensive ones and they tend to be, you know, if not as waterproof, they stay waterproof for longer, you yeah. know? So that's another issue is how long will they stay waterproof for before they need reproofing? Um, I would say, so yeah, try and get a really good one that I'm using at the moment, the Rab, um, firewall i've used a montane gore-tex pro andy i know you've had a berg house a couple of berg houses oh, Gore-Tex. jackets yeah you, yeah I mean, you've got you've got the big ones you know you've got some uh you know mountain warehouse uh, <laughs> uh mountain hardware do some good ones um you've got the uh i'm trying to remember what they're called now um not mountain not mountain hardware what's the other one dave uh, mountain mountain equipment. Equipment. yeah yeah their lotsy jacket historically has been one of the best over the last 10 years yeah, that's a then big performer. Big performer. You're talking a couple of hundred pounds. I think you've got a Berghaus Extreme range. I think it goes from like 6,000 up to like nine now. I got the 8,000. Um, not cheap, talking about 300 pounds, but absolute bomb proof, you know. Uh, if it's treated yeah. well, it's absolute, absolutely brilliant. Very breathable as well, because sometimes you can get really good waterproofs, keep the water out, but you just sweat. So it's finding that balance. That's why Gore-Tex is good. Um, Paramo, I yeah. think. Very expensive, but again, have a different technology to Gore-Tex. They let it get wet, but then you can't feel it. Um, Dave, I know you're a big Paramo fan. Yeah, I love uh, Paramo, yeah. Wales loves, loves Paramo. Well, he was the guy that introduced me to Paramo because we were all wearing our like shell Gore-Tex materials and he had the Paramo jacket and it looked soaked, but he was totally dry underneath. And um, yeah. yeah, they are. And the best thing I like about them is they are more of a soft <laughs> shell because they, so you don't get that deafening rustle you know, when yeah. you're wearing your hood and everything like that. So, yeah, really big time for Paramo. I know one of the guys, I can't remember who it was, was on the last live, said he ordered some trousers and they were fantastic as well. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I would say uh, just as important as the money you spend on one is how well you look after it as well, Mark. Yeah. So, um, you know, if it uh, if you do go out and it gets absolutely drenched and a bit muddy, take it home, clean it and reproof it. Um, yeah. If you get into the habit of doing that on a regular basis, um, it'll last, last much, much longer. Um you know, if you just go out and wear it every day, get it soaked, take it home, throw it in the cupboard, do it again, you know, it, you'll you'll knock years off the life of it and stuff like that. Wow, Mark Mark Beecroft just put some uh, some uh, six hundred pound Alpha SV. Wow, have to try that one. Oh, the Arc'teryx. Uh, yeah. yeah, that's normally high. crazy expensive, really good. But yeah, if you um, Sports Pursuit, by the way, is really good. I've bought a lot of my Merino stuff off Sports Pursuit. Um, yeah. Yeah, awesome. Really good, isn't it? Uh, just uh, Rachel's put no tongue in Hawaii. That's Maori. Yes, that's right. Um, 
basically ever since started evertrek by the way um yeah and, and actually probably since i was about 18 or 19 i've always done that on any of my uh, pictures and people hate me for it i'm at a wedding and i'll do that um and everyone's like do you put your tongue away and i'm like yeah but it's you know uh, but yeah, so my time spent in um, in New Zealand, actually. Uh, and it sort of started all the way from there. And I suppose that's how it started. Just to finish the story, because um, everyone talked about tongues. And um, I think uh, Karen mentioned, uh, what about the tongue? I, w I hope we're talking about this, Karen. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, that's where it originated from. And then obviously when I started Evertrek, and then all the pictures I've ever done, and all the videos, I will still do that um yeah a little bit of maori a little bit of hawaiian sprinkled with a bit of welsh as well so yeah there yeah you go. bit of a mix there awesome um right dave yeah we got uh <laughs> what questions let's have a little look uh mark uh okay yeah so we got gavin gavin skevington actually it's a good question um obviously his biggest worry is little man so i think he's taking um uh, obviously one of his children uh you'll be 13 when you go don't want us to be the annoyance to anyone on the trek the fact that everyone was there for the same reason, I hope, will mean it's not that way. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, having seen, uh, you know, groups uh, with, uh, you know, with children, uh, you know, un under, essentially under 18, um, you know, it, it can be can be a challenge. But what I found is, you know, the kids perform really well. Um, and you'd be surprised because it's just walking. Um, you know, just just keep an eye on them. Uh, you know, if there's any any kind of issues with, with any headaches and things, obviously, just to communicate that to, to yourself. Um, but yeah, when it, don't, I wouldn't worry necessarily about slowing you down because, you know, we got such a lot. It's not just the guide; you have assistant guides. We have got the porters. So you know, if you need to go a bit slower, that's fine. You go as you go as fast as you want to go. Don't feel like you're getting pulled or rushed at all because you know, um, you know, we don't want that to happen because you know, you, you got to, everyone acclimatizes at their own rate. Um, you know, we've had people before. Um, historically, actually, my sister who came. Uh, in uh, September 2018, it feels feels like a long time ago now, almost three years. Um, but yeah, she finished. Um, uh, she arrived, and because there were some delays because of weather, um, she arrived in Namche, which is day two on the Everest Base Camp trip. And it was about like half eight, nine o'clock in the evening, about an hour or maybe two hours after some people. But you know what? She was the best acclimatized because she took her time. So you know, uh, has its advantages. So yeah, I wouldn't. Um, obviously, Gavin, I totally understand, and you you, you want to. Uh, you know, try. I hope alleviate a little bit of your concern around that, but um, you'll have a, you'll have a great time, mate. Um, and you know, your guys will look after you. Uh, just lean on them. You know, they're they're really experienced. You know, some of them are climb Everest. Uh, some of them have been you know to base camp. You know, two three hundred times. You know, they know the score um, when it comes to this kind of stuff. So just lean on them, and uh, you guys will have an amazing time, no doubt. Awesome. Uh, right, Dave. What what we got next? Let's have a quick look. So, Ramo, there's a new Ramona. Wow. Ramona. Yeah, there's a new Ramona. So we've got double Ramonas now. Um, uh, so wow. this is Ra, Ramona. So I'll either call you Mona or Ra or Ramona. You tell me how you like to be known, but at the moment I'll call you, <laughs> uh, I call, I call you Ra. So, so Ra, Mona, uh, and nuts allowed. I've seen them uh, generally not allowed on trips because of high risk someone could be allergic. Um, to be honest, I've never known it be an issue on our trips. If someone is allergic, it'll be identified early on in the briefing. Yeah. So they normally, the guides and um, the team over there will find that out. And if there is, we'll generally put it out there to the rest of the guys to kind of, 
manage their nut intake appropriately. So some people just can't eat them, in which case yeah. it, it will make sure that doesn't happen. If you have like a severe allergic reaction where you can't even be near one, then we'll make sure the rest of the guys know. And I'm sure they'll, you know, there'll be no, no problems with them um, accommodating you in that fashion. So yeah, it's, I've never known it be an issue, anything like that, anything that can seriously affect the health of someone will be taken and put at the priority. So if people have to go without their, um, their KP ready salted, then they'll go without their KP ready salted. Um, if you can't even nice. be near them, that's no problem at all. Nice. And yeah, and as long as you make sure, like, be vocal about it at every opportunity, yeah. really. So the guides know, you know, every meal, no nuts, you know, and you can do it like, just make sure they know about it, you know, because you don't want to take any risk. And yeah, yeah, that's fine. Nice. Um, yeah, Shona asked, am I in the, the bar today? Yeah, this is this is my office, um, Shona. <laughs> no, no, it's, um, yeah, yeah, I'm, uh, I've, I've been uh, away on the weekend, so just uh, thought I'd work from home today. Um, and yeah, so doing another uh, live in the drunken yak. Um, yeah, little little name of my um, my little bar on the side of my house. Um, lockdown project, guys. We all needed one, otherwise I would have gone nuts, right? Um, I'm allowed to the mountains. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Ryan Cookie Cook. Like the middle name, great middle name. Um, type two diabetic. Took a daily Victoza injection, but doesn't need refrigerating. But will it freeze of altitude? Um, from experience, I've never heard that um, you know that medication can freeze of altitude. Um, it's not saying it, it wouldn't. So I think if you can take precautions or speak to the guide, make precautions that those are uh, insulated in some way. Um, you know, whether that be in the equipment. Um, you know, I'm sure. I'm sure we can we can we can sort that out for you. If especially yeah. if it doesn't need refri um, sorry refrigerating, uh, but we can we can obviously cover it in enough support that it won't freeze of altitude. Um, I think. The only real times it can freeze of altitude, and it depends on, on the time of year you go in, is that, you know, if you're climbing Kalapatar at 4 a.m. in the morning, um, you know, quite common is for people's kind of water to freeze. The same in, uh, you know, Gorakshet, for instance, which is next to Everest Base Camp. Some people leave their, their bottle of water out uh, overnight, and it'll, it'll freeze. They wake up in the morning, they're like, oh, geez, it's just got some ice. Yeah. What some people do is actually sleep with their drinks. Um, yeah, different idea. But yeah, uh, so put this in your sleeping bag so it's next to your body. That way it will freeze. Um, you know, it's just something that you can do. Maybe if there's a way you can you can keep that close to your body, then um, then it won't it won't freeze at all. Um, you know, because we're not we're not going extreme here in terms of top of Everest or anything. You know, but it is we we have to take precautions. Yeah. Uh, but Ryan Cookie Cook, yeah, great name by the way. Uh, uh, yeah, if you um, yeah, I suppose you know just drop us a message mate and we can um you know, we can try and arrange some sort of process that we can do each day then just to, to stop that from happening yeah awesome um nice day. So, i've got another one uh dave rimmington how are they for fruit need to have fresh fix every day fruit comes and goes doesn't it it's not always available on the trips right yeah not always i mean every trip that i've been on i've always had fresh fruit brought out after the meals um yeah. but it's not always available because it is local fresh fruit you know that sort of so it depends what season you go um and also i think it depends on the lodges and the guide and what they've managed to do so it's not an absolute given but we try and get you you know i've, I've never known any of our trips go ahead where there's no fruit at all there's at least been one occasion where we bought some fresh fruit um but yeah other than that um yeah most of the time we try and bring it's like pomegranates are quite popular bits of apple and mango and things like that um, and that was the same on Kilian EBC. So yeah, I would say if you want to, if you want fruit, will there's usually some about, and our guides do tend to try and get it for you. 
um, but it's not a given that it'll be there. Um, yeah. But yeah, I love my fruit as well. Um, nice. So Mark Skinner has said, uh, not quite sweets, but will I run into troubles bringing a pouch of protein powder through customs? You watch too many banged up abroad episodes. <laughs> do, do you know what? I, um, I, well, I mean, ultimately, no, because ultimately, I, get, I reckon they'll test it and find out that it's protein powder. I suppose yeah. the risk that you have, you know, like I watch a lot of the MMA fights now, and they're always getting popped by the um, anti-doping agencies for a tainted supplement. So the only thing I would worry about is that, you know, I buy a protein powder and it's got some sort of banned steroid in there, <laughs> you know, so they test it and then you get done for that um so but i know people have brought it i think as long as it's in the tub maybe or in like a packet that's like labeled and un unsealed at least you can say then well i bought it and you know that's fine i doubt you'd have any trouble with that type of thing in nepal i'm thinking more about like transferring through like abu dhabi or qatar or somewhere like that where they have serious strict anti-drug laws um i think in nepal they'll likely just slap your hand and take it off you at the worst case scenario they're very much more relaxed I was actually interested. Uh, I was chatting to, to um, James actually uh, recently, and uh, we were talking about um, he was, he was you know, what, what would you use it because he did Kilimanjaro of us last February, and he mentioned about um, he'd probably take some protein with him next time, um, some protein powders to have every day because he's he's used it in his training recently, on the bike, and it um, it's kind of helped him recover quicker because he's taken it when he's actually you know when he uh, not long after exercising. Um, you know, which some people do, don't they? They go to the gym, you know, they're doing some weights so and they take some pro protein with water, like within like half hour of finishing your, your, your gym sesh. And obviously, that, apparently that's good to, to help with the, the muscle growth and muscle recovery. Yeah. Um, and he did mention that that would be very valuable. Um, sorry, if you can hear any noise, uh, they put up a fence behind. Uh, it might go in a minute. So Dave, I'll leave you talk for this one. Yeah, no worries. Um, really good... Um... A uh, little tip there as well. Uh, Rachel has asked the question, and Mark Beecroft has answered it. Storing water upside down um, it means it'll stay drinkable for longer because the ice forms at the at the at the top, which will be the bottom when you turn it the right way up. So you'll have that like layer of ice, uh, drinkable water at the top. So really good advice. I'll be honest with you, not a tip that I've actually thought of before, but um, I'm going to adopt it now. Um, uh, interesting question, and has the fence yep. noise stopped now? And because this is one that I think you'd be best to answer. Um, okay. Richard Bagshaw has said, how did you guys start Evertrek? Uh, how did you guys get started when you launched Evertrek? Did you stay in your jobs uh, until it grew or did you just take the plunge and went all in? So a little bit of a Evertrek history answer for you there, and uh, Yeah, come back to me after these okay. guys finish. Okay, yeah, jump in. So, um, <laughs> so let's have a little look here. So uh, we're hoping to do a fact. So Laura, awesome, jumping through. Dave Rimington from the Summit of Ben Nevis today. Awesome, mate, wicked. Um, uh, Gavin Skevington, stupid question about first aid kits. Uh, I doubt that's the case. Obviously, uh, with your day job, you plan for the worst case scenario uh, yeah. with the first aid and you go out about uh, swiftly. What sort of first aid kits are the porters, guides, and what should you take in addition? So our guys do have a fully comprehensive first aid kit. For They're all trained in um, you know high altitude first aid specifically. Yeah. So um, in their first aid kit, they'll obviously have all the normal stuff, you know, like, you know, saline bandages plasters you know all of that stuff yeah and um you know anti-inflammatories ibuprofen paracetamol they also carry diamox as well 
Um, they all have uh, communication devices, so they can get hotels and stuff, uh, hotels, helicopters and stuff, and get you back down safely. In addition, I suppose the only thing that I usually bring in addition is I'll go to maybe Nomad Travel Clinics and get what we call the Brad Pitt kit, which is the diarrhea kit. And it comes yeah. with um, some medication to ease your stomach, like um, uh, Imodium, and also some uh, specific uh, antibiotics to treat it as well. Um, so, and you can get that from most travel clinics, and you know, like a, and I, sometimes they're specific as well as to where you're going and what the most likely form of um, you know stomach upset will be. But that's all I bring in addition, and I've never needed anything else because if they can't be treated on the mountain with a you know with a with an average standard first aid kit then you need a helicopter basically to get back down so they cover all the things that you need to keep you going until the moment where the telephone is needed so yeah hours are fully comprehensive andy uh, are you are you are you able to talk i'm ready now uh, yeah yeah they've, they've stopped um they're, they've put up a fence but yeah so uh, what was it richard uh, how did you guys get started when you launched devotrek uh, started jobs that grew yeah, so, um, yeah, it seems like a, a long time ago now, but, uh, yeah, so when I went to Everest Base Camp uh, in early 2016, right at the beginning of 2016, um, yeah, I came back with an idea and put that into action, but I still had a full-time job at the time. Um, it wasn't until probably 18 months later that, uh, you know, you got to take the plunge, and, you know, I knew that, uh, you know, we, we had uh, lots of customers, um, and obviously we could afford to, to, to run the company, um, and it was then that, you know, because it, uh, it was just me, and then I brought Dave in, uh, who was actually customer number one um yeah which is quite quite awesome that now he's obviously a huge part of, of, of evertrek and um you know a big part of the of the thread and the um of evertrek and yeah it's um you know it is it, it was a bit scary you know taking the plunge but i've never been one to not do that kind of stuff um i knew we had uh, a great um experience for people I also wanted to help the countries we operated in, and I, I, I knew that people would, would come along, and as long as people had a great experience, um, you know, they, they'd come with us again. And, you know, we've built up this community now over the last couple, you know few years, and, um, yeah, this is part of it. Uh, you know, we, we started doing this during lockdown last year, and it's just been something else that's actually turned out to be amazing, and um, which is why we uh, keep doing it. Yeah, uh, yeah, it was, um, yeah, it's been a, been a heck of a journey. Yep. and uh, we, we've only just scratched the service, mate. So yeah, we're still in still in the playground, as someone said to us before. I think it was Paula Power, um, <laughs> you know, uh, which is the playground of life, uh, which is great. Uh, but yeah, Evertrack's journey is um, yeah, we'll, we shall continue. Um, right, Dave, a couple more questions, and then we'll we'll finish it. It's been an hour already. Wow. I know, right? Big one. Um, let's have a look. So uh, Joel Palmer, I struggle with wheat and gluten intolerance. Any suggestions for EBC? Dalbat um national dish in nepal pretty much um it's vegetarian it doesn't have any wheat or anything like that it's more just like some curried veg some rice and a lentil dal um the only thing you might have to avoid is a little poppadom thing that comes with it but i'm not 100 yeah. percent sure on that um yeah so dalba if in date dalba dalba power 24 hour no sleep no shower so um that's all the nepalese eat that's all the porters eat every day breakfast yeah. dalba dinner dalba tea dalba um john the great bald yeah he tried to eat dalba every day for an 11 day ebc trip um for sort of like lunch and dinner that would have been 22 dalbats i think to be fair he did get into around about 
nine or ten dalbats before we had to break and try something different but honestly if you're if you're struggling on ebc to find out what to do get that also top tip if you're really 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 hungry order the dalbat because they always make too much so anything else you have one yeah. of dalbat you can have seconds or thirds man it just keeps coming That's but one time I one time I ate like a massive portion of dalba, really super full. The guy came over and said, "Any more rice?" I said, "No, that's fine." And then he just poured it on anyway, like his mountain <laughs> of rice. So yeah, awesome. Yeah, great stuff, Dave. Awesome, mate. Um, yeah, I hope hope you've enjoyed today, uh, everyone. Um, you know, I know we talked a lot, a lot of um, you know things that that could go wrong, and and obviously trying to trying to sort of cover off some of the pre-existing conditions and how to manage your health. I hope it's been useful today especially things around asthma, yeah. um, you know, worrying, so how are you going to do, if you're going to slow people down. I hope you've, that's been useful. Um, yeah, we. I mean, over the next couple of weeks, we do have one. We we're meant to be today, but um, not in the office today. But we've got one that we're doing just about equipment, and can't wait for that. I uh, hope to do that next Tuesday, um, uh, just before, uh, a couple of days before we head off to um, Keswick Mountain Festival, which we're really excited about. So yeah, um, hopefully next week we'll be talking about the equipment so me and Dave can go all about all the stuff that we take on the trip. And that'll be, um, uh, Steve, hopefully we'll be doing that next week, uh, our video guys. So um, yeah, I'll be using some of the fancy, uh, if you've seen um, a couple of our episodes at the Altitude Center or we're talking about rescue we did. Mm. Um, was it someone said it was like Good Morning Britain uh, coupled with uh, trekking. Yeah. So yeah, uh, it should be should be interesting. So that'll be the setup. So yeah, we'll be here. Um, yeah, and I hope that's helped. Anything, any questions at all, guys? That obviously we haven't covered already today, because we, we we've we've been an hour now. Um, yeah, just uh, drop us a little message. Uh, you know, info at evertrek.co.uk or use the uh, the messenger on the website. Uh, that'll come straight to to us. Um, but yeah, Dave, any any final words for today? Uh, I'll answer Joel's question. Can you get your kit bags out and show us what you pack? Yes, that's the idea. Um, it'd be interesting, and if you pack and I pack. We don't communicate beforehand and we'll see what we got different, you know, spot the difference. Well, you know mine's going to be heavier. Yeah, well, Andy's is going to be heavier, <laughs> yeah. To be honest as well, we tried this on the training weekend and Andy spent two hours packing his and I spent two minutes. <laughs> well, couldn't and he couldn't find car. his keys for the car, which is where the bag was. But um, no, other than that, yeah, no, great, great one, guys. Always great to chat. And um, yeah, we'll see you next Tuesday. Sorry, and that's your see. line. Awesome. So I hope you enjoyed the uh, another episode of the Mountain Malarkey podcast. Um, yeah, that was something a little bit different, wasn't it, from the Tuesday tune-in, but I hope yeah. you enjoyed it. I must say, you were brilliant on that episode, Ant. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, mate. Thanks. Now, if, uh, if you've enjoyed it, don't forget to leave us a review and subscribe to the podcast. Um, you know, all these uh, podcasts we put together, the episodes, trying to reach as many people as possible. And if it's helped you, leave us a lovely review. Um, and yeah, we'll see you again next week. Yeah, all the best, guys. Bye. <laughs> I'm going to go